You are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting and screenwriters, and of course, anything to do with the television and film business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and lately, I've been noticing something about sci-fi movies, particularly when it comes to time travel-related movies, and time travel related TV shows and of course the multiverse type TV shows now it started with sliders I believe this show was the first of its kind to explore the multiverse to explore the possibility of other dimensions, other worlds, parallel worlds existing in conjunction, same time and same space and same planet as us, which leads me to believe that our doppelgangers are practically the same, but in short ways, like in subtle ways, different not very really notable way but in subtle ways different to us same when personality but different actions or different turn of events that was the premise of sliders same time same year same planet different dimension different set of events Now, that continued until season five. Not exactly sure if it it was a good season, but I would have loved to see where it led to the main character finally getting home. But I'll actually let you guys find it and watch it for yourselves. Anywho, that was the first of its kind, but I also read the book in reading and comprehension class when I was doing a essay, a thesis on the subject. One of the books that I found was called Parallel, and the author was Michio Kaku, who has this to say. Or rather, who had this to say. He said that our doppelgangers made choices that we did not. And that's very significant because when it comes to choices and when it comes to regrets in our own lives, we sometimes regret not making a particular choice or not making a particular decision. And this is something that intrigued me. And this is something that made me think, what life would have been for me if I had made a different choice? Because when I was a kid, I wanted to explore the possibility of me being an airline pilot. Now, I chose not to because this was because of not only the high cost of getting a pilot's license, but also the fact that 
the stress that I will be responsible for piloting all the passengers in my airplane safely. Be it 400 passengers, be it 120 passengers, be it 50 passengers. That burden is on me. Now, I'm pretty sure that stress would have eventually gotten to me. So maybe that's why I did not choose to become a pilot, maybe because of the stress. But maybe my doppelganger made a different choice. It is a possibility if such a parallel world exists. So that's the thing. Our doppelgangers may be very well have made choices that we did not. Although intriguing it may be, sometimes you don't want to know, and sometimes it's better not to know. But I'm not going to say, never find out. Never say never is as the saying goes. Anywho, back on topic in hand, now... The idea of other TV shows and films exploring the multiverse, maybe there are different versions of this, or maybe writers have thought about it, but eventually they got shot down. I don't know. And given the um, litigious nature of this world, adding on to that the critical nature of this world and the fact that anyone and everyone can claim to be a critic, offer an opinion, be it destructive or not, they are taken with a grain of salt, which I'd recommend against, which is why I, first of all, in this podcast, do actively call out any bad criticism. I do so for a reason. I critique the critiques, or rather, I critique the critics for a reason. And why that is, is because of the poor quality of most critics. Not because I am allergic to criticism, not because I can't handle criticism, but because... When it comes to criticism itself, it must be fair and balanced, and it must be constructive in a way that material, written material, be it a screenplay or a novel, and visual material, be it a television show or a movie, has quality. Unfortunately, that's gone down the hill, which is why this podcast exists. This podcast exists for not just discussing television and film topics, but also to critique the critic that is of bad quality. That's the main intention behind that. And that is one of the arguments or rather the refuting statements that I would like to make when I get comments like, 
that I am allergic to criticism and I can't handle it, that sort of thing. No, that is not the case. Constructive criticism, I welcome it. So, anywho, as long as said criticism is fair and balanced, any version of a time travel movie or TV show or a multiverse-related movie or TV show should be of a quality work. Now, because we have political correctness and because we have any number of groups getting offended, believe me, no matter what you do, somebody's going to get offended. But we cannot bend backwards to bullies like that. And that is how we progress as creative professionals. We do not let bullies get to us and we thrive on constructive criticism. Not destructive criticism, but constructive criticism. So, with that being said, in my next segment, right, part two of this episode, it will be all about how you can give back to your country using film and TV. So stay tuned. Learn the craft of screenwriting with the guys at ScreenwritingU.com. They have free classes for you to test the waters. And then they have the Pro Series courses, which are the flagship of the Screenwriting U courses. The owner and founder is actually an expert in the industry. And you get to learn not only the craft of screenwriting, but also the business of screenwriting. So what are you waiting for? Inquire today at ScreenwritingU.com. That's ScreenwritingU with a capital U dot com. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Wales Productions, where your journey begins. Welcome back. Now, before the break, I told you about multiverse and time travel-related TV shows and movies and why they're kind of dwindling. And I explained to you why I critique the critics on this podcast. And it's not for the obvious reasons. And I've also explained that as well. So moving on to this next segment is I've been watching a lot of Tollywood movies where the protagonist is either a policeman dealing with a corrupt politician or a corrupt supervisor, which is not new, and also a soldier, a military soldier dealing with a corrupt superior or a politician. Also not new. Now, which has has me thinking, if I have a look at India's history of freedom fighters, or if you have a look at any history, any country's history, of and have a look at their freedom fighters, and compare that 
to how literally that said country received its freedom. I'm going to use India as my example because there were a lot of freedom fighters that fell in the hands of the British. They were downright shot dead in the final confrontation with the British soldiers. And quite frankly, I'll admit it, there have been stories about British soldiers, how they're cruel and corrupt and whatnot. That's the depiction. And freedom fighters who try to fight them but got themselves killed instead. Anywho, that actually has me thinking. We know for a fact, and I think most of the world knows for a fact, even most of India knows for the fact, that Mahatma Gandhi was the one that gave India its freedom. But you have to wonder, what did he do different that other freedom fighters did not think about? I'll tell you what he did. What you probably don't know about Mahatma Gandhi is the fact, yes, the fact that he studied law in London. He was a lawyer before he decided to give it all up and become a freedom fighter and a simple man and the man we know today. But also, what you probably don't know is that every Indian refers to him as Grandpa. Don't ask me why, but because he was the grandfather of freedom, I would assume this will be the case. This will be the reason. However, what Gandhi did ultimately to disarm the British, he didn't use weapons. He didn't charge at the British because when you charge at an armed opponent like the other freedom fighters did, obviously they're going to deploy their weapons. Now, this is something that General Sun Tzu actually may have mentioned in The Art of War. However, when you use subtlety, when you disarm an opponent, using other means, means that they would not expect you to use. That is exactly what Mahatma Gandhi did. Because Mahatma Gandhi used the British's own rules against them. He twisted everything. And when the British say, hey, you're breaking this law or they somehow, or, or British soldier arbitrarily made up new laws. Mahatma Gandhi would twist that and say, but we're not doing that. So you see, that's how slowly but surely he disarmed the British. And the final nail in the coffin for the British in India was World War Two. In 1945 is when the British folks, or the British government, started to get weak in India. So, eventually in 1947, August the 15th morning of 19, 
1947 was when Mahatma Gandhi got everybody together and kicked out the British government out of India. But officially, what you probably don't know, it was not until Australia Day, January of January of the 26th of the following year, 1948, was when India truly received freedom, which is now known as Republic Day. Now, why am I saying all this? You can easily make movies and focus a TV show on a specific freedom fighter, but you can not go past what Mahatma Gandhi did because you can actually replicate what that freedom fighter did to get freedom. Ultimately, the result is the same, getting killed. So it's predictable. So what I'm trying to say is you can all beans make a movie about a policeman or you can make a movie about a soldier, a military soldier and a freedom fighter, which is what's been happening in Tollywood these days. What I would recommend is look to what John F. Kennedy once said. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Focus on the what you can do for your country bit. And this is exactly what you need to ask yourself every time you think about writing a movie or a TV show about a freedom fighter or a policeman or a military officer. Think about this statement and then model your story around it. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of examples of what can influence the public thereby giving back to your country. And I'll give you a couple of examples here. The first is filmmaker Casey or Cassie. She made a film, a documentary film called The Red Pill. Now, it was influential because it not only got a ton of opposition, but what it also did was it got a ton of support from the victims mentioned in her documentary which was speaking the truth and that is exactly what was revolutionary because another saying goes in a time of universal deceit telling the truth is revolutionary so that's what her documentary did she exposed the truth of the narrative that was going on because she herself started off as a feminist and she morphed from there. So not only did the documentary change her, but it influenced the whole world. Not only America, which is her way of contributing to the country, but also there's another example is the story of Matthew Shepard, the brutal murder of Matthew Shepard 
which also propelled the fight against homophobia and laws being made to protect the LGBT community, which is why me as a storyteller and me as a filmmaker, I am steering clear about the with the cliched boy meets girl premise because it's over-glorified these days. And I can't even begin to imagine why a filmmaker would put so much time and effort in glorifying something that happens in real life, which we all know the ending to. So... What I'm going to do here is I'm going to focus my attention on something else. I'm going to steer clear about the boy meets girl premise. And if someone comes to me with a pitch, I'm going to challenge them. Not in a alienating way, but I am going to challenge them in a good way. They can still write it, but they have to have a purpose rather than simply saying it's for artistic expression purposes or it's really great or it's artistic, it's for the sake of love. But let's be honest here. If you're doing this to express love, there are other forms of love. You got a love between parent and child, you got a love between grandparent and child, you've got a love between siblings, friends, cousins, neighbors, you name it. So you've got a lot of options there to pick from if it's if your story is about love. And if your story is about fate, it may be limited. But, yeah. You need to think about that and steer clear of the boy meets girl premises. And if you are writing a story about a freedom fighter, like wanting to give back to the country, you'll have to ask yourself this. Ask how you can do for your country how what you can do for your country and what it is that what sort of films you can make that influence change and get practically get your target audience uh, supporting you on that and you know, progressing this, propelling this change. So, I hope you take that to with a grain of salt. So with that being said, this has been Jared Dean Winchester, also known as The Story Dude. Thank you for listening, and until I hear from you again, don't forget to turn that page.